welcome back to another episode of Fighting for the Remote. Fighting for the Remote, yay! Hey, I'm Caroline. And I'm Howard. And we're just uh, so excited. We're here to review part three of the series we're really watching this time. It's Masters of the Air. Air. Yeah, and uh, sorry for the background noise. There's some movement in the house out of the control. <laughs> so <laughs> just like Meatball in the show, we have a couple of loud pups. Yeah, we do. In the vicinity. That's what we do. And a, and a floor that is a little bit creaky. So <laughs> anyway, well, what do you think, Caroline? Uh, I think they did a better job of like drawing an emotional connection to the characters. Yeah, for sure. Because this one felt heavier. It did. It did. I think, um, you know, you still don't get much of the background story, but I think, you know, we're starting to get a little more invested in the characters. I mean, and to your point, I still, I agree with you. I mean, it's hard to distinguish, um, you know, the, the individuals in the plane when they have their masks on. But I'm starting to like pick up the differences in their voice a little bit, so I can yeah. do a better job. Um, but you know, they have so many cast members on this. I mean, it's like 30 cast members. Yeah. Um, and so when they talk about so and so's plane going down, it's like, which guy is that? <laughs> Sorry, I got distracted by the squeaking. <laughs> maybe we can. Maybe we can. Uh, edit can you that. edit that out? I don't know. I don't know if you're that good, Dad. I'm yeah, sorry. We're new know. to this, yeah. so we'll see if that works out. <laughs> just got really distracted. You know what? One of these days, we got to take a picture of our podcast set up and just like... Okay, well, let's paint a visual picture. Okay. We're in an unfinished basement. We're in an unfinished basement. With two spare like living room chairs that didn't fit in with the regular decor. And my dad's um, <laughs> dining room, table. round dining room table, kitchen table that... Uh, uh, yeah, that's where our setup is. And then we've got blankets <laughs> hung from the ceiling to dampen out like the reflective noise down here. But clearly, <laughs> oh, look, here's one of the stars of our show. And now a dog has walked up. So we're just kind of chaotic today, just like that episode. Yeah. Don't was, you think? It was. Okay. So um, the scene starts off with them talking about a bombing run and they're going to go make a, um, a bombing run with two other... Um, two other groups and their targets are going to be in germany uh one is going to be a ball bearing factory a, a, ball, a german ball bearing factory because basically they're trying to identify the lowest common denominator for all of the german equipment yeah. and so much of it relies on ball bearing so they figured this is a really efficient way to hit them yeah and i you know what um they you know there's a strategy that's come down from air command the um, about how they're going to run these three groups together and they're all going to be converging over the same point and one group's going to hit the first group and then the other groups are going to take you know points that are a little bit farther on on the flight route and you know the strategies they're going to draw the fighters away and then it's going to allow you know the other teams to be more successful and then ultimately the first group which is uh, the hundredth is going to end up um, making their way down to Africa which is you know, something I hadn't really thought about, but it's a pretty interesting plan. And, you know, what's interesting is as they're going through the pre-flight briefing, um, they're talking about it and none of the guys seem like that worried about making the trip of that distance. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow. But later on, we find they've already made it to Germany and they have to make it to Africa and they still have 600 gallons of fuel. Which isn't very much because that's 150 gallons per engine. 
but like they've already made it, you know, like a third of the way. You know what I mean? So like, I mean, these planes are so large. Yeah, they are large. I was a little surprised, but they didn't seem phased by it. Yeah. I mean, they fit 10 people yeah. in there, plus all that equipment. <laughs> They're meant for long journeys, I think. They are meant for long journeys. But so, um, you know, the first major complication they have is this weather, which is fog. And a lot of fog. A lot of fog. But I think it was interesting, you know, they're 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 on a ground hold waiting for the fog to lift and one of the guys explains to his fellow crew member the reason we can't take off is because of cows. You know, so if a cow wanders out on the runway and you hit the cow with the plane, <laughs> that's not a good deal. Uh you would think though they'd be able to figure out a way to shoo the cows off. Yeah. I think that was kind of a joke. You think? I think he was like messing with Babyface a little bit, which is one of the characters. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, there's probably truth to it, but uh, the way he was saying it, it looked like he was kind of digging in a little bit because Babyface looked a little scared. Oh. And then he was like mentioning they're just in a tin can and it's going to squish, which, you know, a cow would do some damage. But I think he was kind of being mean. <laughs> which, okay, which, okay. I don't know. That's my take. That could be. Um, but yeah, if they, you know. Anyway, I don't know why they didn't take off. If it was just a joke, because typically cl- um, fog is not, it's like a couple hundred feet at the most. Well, do you think it's because the other, like, uh, what do you call them? The other gr- wings? Yeah, the other wings. Is it because they didn't want to take off? Because there were three separate wings, correct? <clears throat> there were. Um, but I mean, again, still, if, if all they had to do was just break through the fog. They could get through it after they take off. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I don't know either. Something was, I, I don't know. So anyway, as it turns out, um, the hundredth goes ahead and takes off, and with the orders, you know, the other the other wings will catch up to them. Clearly, something goes wrong because they end up making the journey by themselves, and the German dooms them. Yeah, the German Luftwaffe unleashes every fire plane in the sky. It was messy. It was, you know. The other thing was when they originally were talking about the, uh, you know, the number of planes and everything, they said that there were going to be fighter escorts. Yeah. But they must have been with the other wings. I think so. Because um, they didn't have that. They did not have that. It was really rough. They were just out there in the open for pickings. Yeah. And I do feel like we've seen them lose people in the first two episodes and it was sad, but it wasn't very emotionally impactful because right. we didn't know them. Yeah. This was the first one where some of the characters that they had more deeply developed had died. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I felt like I definitely felt like it was, uh, it was a, yeah, it was not good. Yeah. It wasn't. <laughs> well, okay. One thing I noticed. So there were two, distinct examples in this last episode where there's like a choice that one of the the characters has to make. One of them is Babyface and his uh person gets stuck in that area. Yeah. Do you know do you remember the area? Um where is he? He's in the ball I think he's in the balter. Yeah, he's in that and he gets stuck and he can't Dicky, right? Is, I don't remember. I, I should yeah. have taken a note. Dick, Dickie was stuck. So he gets stuck and Babyface tries to free him and then ultimately he chooses to not. Right. And then you have the other example where Curtis Biddick yeah. and his co-pilot get shot. And so he decides to stay with him. Yeah. And it was really interesting to see those two kind of almost next to each other back to back. Yeah. And the sad thing is Curtis Biddick ends up dying. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, you know, you're thinking you're watching him land that plane and like he hits the tops of the trees and you're like, oh, good, he survived that. You know, and then there's that grass field and you're thinking, okay, if he can, because, you know, early on, you know, they, one of the planes does a wheel up landing and, yeah. you know, it's successful. And so yeah, you're thinking, Scotland. okay, if you can, if you could do that, right? Well, just, you can do that. You can do that. You know, everything works out well. He crashes and burns quite yeah, literally. I mean, he nosedives in and just, it was. Well, and he's played by Barry, who is like a rising actor in Hollywood right now. Riddick? Yeah. Yeah. And so it was, you know, everyone's kind of rooting for him because they love him as an actor. And then he, obviously, in real Maybe life. he makes it. No. In real life, he dies. I looked it up. Oh. Yeah. It's kind of sad. But it was an interesting juxtaposition between the choices that these characters have to make. Where one chooses to save his friend and ultimately comes to his own demise. The other one chooses to leave his friend. And I'm sure he's going to be faced with guilt. And that's going to be part of his development moving forward. It will be. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Yeah, I, you know, I can't, I'm sure that there are a million of those stories where people had to make those, you know, tough decisions about things like that. And it's. It just goes to show that, you know, war, I think they're doing a really great job of showing that war is not clean. It's it's, it's really messy and... Full of hard decisions. Yeah, it's not just a choice of shooting the enemy or not shooting the enemy. There's a lot of other things that go on. Yeah. And it's, it's yeah, it's pretty bad. So, um, there was some fun stuff that we saw. So, one is I found out that the B-17 typically has a cruising speed of 170 miles an hour. Oh, are we doing fun facts? We are doing fun facts. So okay. 170 miles an hour and has a maximum continuous speed of 280. What does that mean? 200, well... <clears throat> maximum continuous means it can sustain that? It can sustain that. Okay. I mean, it burns a lot of fuel. They can go faster, like up to 300. Mm-hmm. But if you do that for very long, then you end up... Yeah, Burn, you, yeah, you're, you're not going to get to your destination. Yeah, it'll. I, I think you would use that like if you were like trying to climb over that cliff. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah right? You could go like yeah. a little boost. Yeah, you, you'd hit the throttles like and the everything Mario goes rubbing. Yeah, but yeah, you know what? So anyway, I was sitting there thinking, I'm like, okay, that's like a hundred mile an hour difference. You know, and I don't know how much fuel you burn at, a, at doing max versus normal cruising speed. It's probably a significant amount, it's probably double. Probably a lot. Um, but, you know, you sit there and you think about it, like these guys that are flying along, they would give them about an hour and a half potential, depending upon where they started to, to catch up. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I mean, I I just I just can't imagine why they would not send the other guys, why they would just leave that one. Well, why would they, they send them out knowing that the other guys couldn't join them? Well, you know, I mean, it sounds good on paper, like, oh, we'll just send the other guys later. No, because when they did send them out, the leadership on the ground was like, well, like, they basically acknowledged that it was not going to end well. Yeah. Like, they knew that they were condemning a lot of those guys to death. I I think it's they had their orders, so they have to follow their orders. And if not, then, you know, they end up being court-martialed and, you know, it's no good. So, you know, they sometimes... Sometimes military, I think, is just about trusting the chain of command and saying, all right, we're going to do this. And, I know, you know, in hindsight, it doesn't look like a good decision. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. It's kind of scary. Um, so the other – I noticed a couple other things. It, so first of all, I didn't pick up on the blue color. You didn't see it again? I saw it a little bit, but it didn't – it still didn't, like, strike me as being, like, Well, what I noticeably. noticed this time is there was, like – 
it felt like an emphasis on blue right next to an emphasis on yellow lighting. Ah. So I think it's a visual like show of conflict or a visual show of, okay. you know, like I yeah. think that was probably intentionally done because there was all of these warmer lamps right next to fluorescent lights. And so then they would draw the blue from the fluorescent and like over warm the lamp lighting. Mm. And then um, in the misty morning in the fog, that seemed very blue. Yeah, to me. I noticed that in the in the misty morning. Yeah, I did. So I noticed that blue cast there, but it still, it didn't really, I mean, it, for me, um, it probably became part of like the emotional feeling that I saw on the show, but mm. I just, I didn't notice it. Like it wasn't like, oh, I should feel sad because it's blue. I just didn't even notice it and probably felt sad and didn't know why I was feeling sad. That <laughs> <laughs> is a sad show. It is a sad show. I mean, color grading is a very personal kind of preference. Yeah. The color people who color grade have their own individual style. And a lot of times they'll be chosen for that style. Really? Yeah. See, the things that you learn on a podcast. Yeah. Like a lot of times you'll have LUTs for cinematography. Yeah. And they'll be developed and sometimes they'll be attributed to specific colorists. Oh. And so you'll have color, like you'll have a LUT titled by certain colorists. Oh. And so you know if you like that style, you can use that LUT over your your. Footage. What does LUT stand for? Lookup table. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, yeah. there you go. See? Fun facts so, from me. So, fun facts from you. All right. So, one of the things that, Caroline, you were asking about was feathering. Oh, yeah. They kept saying left engine feathering, right engine feathering, all right. engines feathering. Yeah. And you you had a reaction to it. <laughs> and your reaction, let me summarize for everyone. She's like, oh, my gosh, all engines feathering? <laughs> That's basically what you said. Yeah. So, um, the you know, if you think about a propeller on, on an airplane, it's at a certain angle so that as the engine turns and the propeller turns, it generates thrust. And they you have variable pitch propellers. So there's a an actually a control in the cockpit where you can change the angle of the propeller. So if you're going like at a slow speed and you want it to go really fast, you have a like a, a slight pitch, but then the faster you go, you want it to like dig more air. So you change the pitch so it's it's grabbing more air. It, it like changes to a, a greater angle of attack, so to speak. And then if you're like your engine quits, well, you don't want a flat propeller blade just hanging out in the wind. So they they can pull a, a switch and they can put it to a setting called feather, which basically turns it directly um, parallel to the to the wind. Mm. It goes totally like... Now, if you tried to start the engine, it's not going to do anything. But yeah. the only time you ever feather a prop is when the engine's dead. So that means all engines were dead. All engines were dead. Which what is he, why he didn't make it to the runway. <laughs> well, yeah, when he said all engines are feathered, you're like, ooh, that's not good. And then I'm thinking, yeah. oh, you're a glider. And then one of the one of the crew members said, okay, we're a glider now. I'm like, yeah, that's, you know, a B-17 was meant to be a glider. with the wings beaten up, too. Yeah. Like, the wings were, were not wings anymore. No. no. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting. He didn't put down the landing gear until like the last second. Right. Because like, there's so much drag. That's would just... it really create that much drag? Yeah, it does. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, landing gear and flaps, because if you don't have the flaps down, then you're, it doesn't slow down the plane properly. So you have to use flaps to help, as you slow down the plane, maintain lift so that it just doesn't like stall out and drop out of the sky. Yeah, that'd be bad. Yeah. So, but... You know, conversely, when you put down the flaps, it also drags, adds drag to the plane. So, mm. um, yeah, your mom and I, we've, when we've flown, um, 
<laughs> we we've never well, we did lose an engine once in flight, and we had a single engine plane. <laughs> uh, Wait, hang on. So you lost the engine. We lost the engine. You, you can't say we lost a engine in a single engine plane, Dad. That's not how that's worded. Okay. So we <laughs> lost our only engine yeah, on a single <laughs> engine plane. Uh, as it yeah, as it turned out. So, um, but the plane has got f- six cylinders. Six cylinders. So it, it your plane. Yeah. And so it was still firing on five of the six cylinders, but it sounded like it was going to break apart, literally. Where were you? Was it going to St. Louis? I was on the way to St. Louis. We were over, I think we're over Illinois, somewhere in Illinois. Really? Yeah. Well, a lot of cornfields there, so. Well, we landed at an airport. Okay, good. Um, In Illinois. In Illinois. And I can remember landing there and... um, we had told the, the the they didn't have a control tower, but we told the people of the on the airport that you know we were um, making a, an emergency landing because our engine was bad, and so um, they didn't have the fire engine out, but it looked like they were getting ready to bring the fire engine. Really? Out. Yeah, yeah, that was interesting. Um, well, speaking of plane fiascos in the family plane that we used to have, yeah. Do you remember when I was little? Flying over Florida. Was it Florida? It was Florida. Do you want to tell the story? I was too no. young to remember well, it. Well, okay, so we're flying we're flying down to Miami from Detroit to Miami to go visit uh, my wife's brother and we're somewhere over <laughs> northern Florida. So getting close to anyway, so we're we're over northern Florida and we're looking out over, you know, you can see the ocean off the left, you can see the rest of Florida on the right. We're we're not too far I think from Disney World. And all of a sudden, the door pops open. I'm like... In the air. In the air. And, you know, we're like five, 6,000 feet. And I'm like, why the door open up? I mean, just like, in my mind, I'm thinking, like, the hinges broke. You know, like, we got hit by a bird. Like, I, I have no idea, like, what's going on. It's like, all of a sudden, it just pops open. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And I look back, and I see Caroline in the back seat. What she's, am I, like two or three? Yeah. And, you know, she's got her headphones on, and she is laughing up a storm because she has figured out how to reach up with her foot and push the door handle from the lock position to the open position, and it <laughs> pops open. I'm like, ugh. It wasn't toddler-proof. No. So we shut the door, you know, admonish Caroline, don't do that. I probably didn't even care. She did it again. I did it again. You did it again because you thought it was hysterical. And then I think. Well, it's funny because I probably saw you and mom like freak out a little bit. And that probably was funny to me. Well, then I think your mom talked to you in the way moms can oh, only talk to you. Oh, she used mom voice. Yeah. And you're like. <laughs> and then you didn't do it anymore. I wish I had that memory because I feel like it'd be just a really fun memory to have. But you have the memory and you oh have told me that story many times. Well, that was the same trip where you're riding in the golf cart with your uncle. Oh, and I fell out. Your uncle tossed you I could have been a genius. Your uncle threw you out of the... Yep, just picked me up and threw me right out. (laughs) He didn't, everyone. What happened is he was avoiding a hole, and uh, he didn't realize that toddlers are, like, very wobbly. And when he turned, I fell out the side. (laughs) And then your mom... Your mom gave your Uncle Mark the same She look. probably could have killed him with her looks yeah, yeah, she, if she wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> but now I always blame him that I could have been a genius. And now he owes me lots and lots of money in his will yeah. because I could have just been so smart and brilliant if I hadn't fallen on my He'll head. He'll probably give you a helmet. 
<laughs> I'll keep it. Oh my gosh. Okay, terrible. back on track, huh? Okay, so um, I thought one of the interesting things on the actual approach to the bombing run before they get to the initial point was they were seeing all this flack in the air. And I remember on the first two episodes when they encountered flack, it was really nerve-wracking. I mean, like, they were really, really worried about it. Yeah. This time, I mean, they're eating popcorn. They, they weren't stressing. It no. was a big difference. And I think it was on purpose, but to show how more seasoned they are. Yeah. And they did mention that the... What is it called? Flack. That the flack wasn't as heavy. Yeah, but still. It was still very close. But I they mean, were just flying right through it. Yeah. Yeah, you'd have thought it was like just mild turbulence to them. Yeah, it probably was at that point. Yeah. So I thought, you know, there's a really interesting transition, you know, and how their experience is really like it's made them more of a seasoned crew. Yeah. Um, and then we got a chance to really watch a couple of planes go through a, um, an evacuation sequence. Yeah, I didn't realize that there was an alarm. Yeah. And probably specific messaging that they have to say. And then they're watching for the shoots. The other planes that aren't affected, they're watching for the shoots to come out. But one thing that I was wondering is if they go over in enemy territory, how on earth do they get back? They don't. So what? They're just taken prisoner? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I don't know if they mentioned the Geneva Convention. I don't know if you knew They that. did. Yeah. yeah. So that, that was an agreement between those sides of the... You know, like not to kill foreign prisoners when they got captured. Mm. Um, but then the one baby face, or not baby face, uh, Quinn. Quinn. He went down, I think, in Belgium. Yeah. And so he was given a choice at the end to either surrender to the Geneva Accords. They're not S- Accords yet, are they? No, he would surrender. No, um, convention. Convention. Yeah. Or... Um, I think I was thinking of the Sokovia Accords from Marvel. I know you were. <laughs> yes. What is real life? Anyway, he, got, he, had, he was given the choice to either surrender or to try so, and escape. Right. And get back to England. Yeah. And we don't have the answer at the end of the episode, but in the teaser for the next episode, we find out he does choose to escape. Yeah. And uh, that'll be an adventure on its own. Yeah. So, I, you know, it's... Um, they, you know, there are many stories about pilots who bailed out and they were taken prisoners and, you know, sometimes they were not treated very well. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that was probably going through his mind, too, because he had probably heard, like all everybody else, that, you know, sometimes people don't get treated so well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, basically, you don't want to be stuck in a prison. No. Because um, you just never know what's going to happen. Well, you don't know how long the war is going to go either. Right. Yeah, so... We know now, but they didn't know. Yeah, so I think... Um, but, I mean, just, like, w- their their primary method of bailing out from the plane, getting mm-hmm. back to the evacuation... Going through the... Going through the bomb bay. Yeah, that's crazy. So they had to release all the bombs... Yeah. ...and then jump out. I wasn't expecting that. No, I wasn't expecting that either. Oh, you want to know something interesting? Did you see the guns and how they were mounted? Yeah, they were like on slings. It was like, yeah, I thought yeah. that was really interesting. Really? And it makes a lot of sense because if you have it on a standard post, yeah. one, the vibration is probably too uncomfortable, but you don't have as much mobility. Right. And so when you have it on those slings, I thought that was, uh, you know, yeah. an interesting way to mount it. Yeah, but still, I mean, you think about those guns are like 100 100 pounds yeah so they're you know they're bolted into and it, I, i'm sure like they kick back too so oh, probably i don't know yeah <laughs> there's just so much about um military aircraft and all that that i don't know just it's kind of weird 
kind of scary. So, um, then your favorite part. We did first of all mm. no puke. Thank goodness. But we did see a guy attempting to eat the flight orders. Oh yeah, they said get rid of the flight orders before you jump. And I wasn't expecting this, but then he starts shoving it in his mouth. And it looked like thick paper. It did look like, like we thick. couldn't do them a favor and you know thin out the paper no, a little bit. No, no. And so he's just sitting there. The whole scene is like five minutes, and it starts with him like putting the paper in his mouth, and then they cut to other things, and then they cut back to him. He's still chewing the paper. He's got it like sticking out of his mouth. <laughs> and then they cut to other things. They cut back to him. He is still chewing the paper. <laughs> It must have taken him like forever to finish chewing that paper. It it's it reminded me of like when your dogs eat something that they're not supposed to, and you're like, "What do you got in your mouth?" And like, Ooh. and they and chew they, faster. They chew, and they're like you can still see whatever it is in the mouth. <laughs> so I'm just watching him like, oh, that poor guy. Drink some water. Come on, hurry up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, ugh, just to eat all that paper. Yeah. That's that's a lot to put on someone as they're trying to jump out of a plane. Well, and you got to wonder, like, out of all the pieces of that airplane, you know, were they actually going to find the flight order? But I guess, you know, you there's never a, know. You never know. You so never know. He did the right thing. He ate the flight order. Um, and then, like you said, we watched Babyface and Dickie struggle, you know, to evacuate. No, Quinn. Quinn. Quinn is the one. Oh, Quinn, yeah. Yeah, yeah Quinn is the one that... Uh, didn't save his friend. And then Dickie was the one that he was the guy. He was the the co-pilot in a different plane when they oh, got shot. Yeah. And then you thought he was dead. And then he wasn't dead. He wasn't dead. He was like starting to revive. And so but then he was dead. Yeah. Then he was dead. Yeah. Didn't make that. Um. So they make their bombing run and 11 out of the 21 planes. Yeah. That was rough. Made it. So you to have Africa. Lo- yeah, almost a 50% casualty rate. And they're landing on this dirt strip. Yeah. No lights. No. No runway markings. Nope. They could barely find it. I know. They were questioning the navigator cause. Yeah. So being like, are you sure? And you could tell he was, he's more confident now. Yes. Did you notice that? I did notice. He's a much more confident navigator. Yes. Um, he was like, well, this is as good as it gets. So if it's not there, I don't know what to tell you, basically. Yeah. So, but they found it. Yeah. I mean, they were kind of like running on fumes and they got to make it down and, you know, the sun's setting and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, like if they were like 15 minutes later, you know, they probably would Yeah, how would they have seen it? I, you know, unless people ran out with like I little don't... smudge pots or something. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um, okay. I have a question. Okay. That, uh, like puzzle, the word puzzle. That he proposed at the beginning. Oh, yeah. What is the answer? Does I, anyone I know the answer? Yeah, so the puzzle was uh, you have a road that goes to a good place and a road that goes to a bad place. And there's a goblin that sits on each one. One goblin tells the truth. One goblin always lies. You don't know which goblin it is. What is the one question that you could ask that... To determine the right to path. To determine the right path. And the whole time, you know, you have a couple of answers that are, like, given. And he's like, no, that's wrong. That's wrong. And you get to the end, and they're finally like, so what was the answer? And the guy who asked the question was, I don't know. You tell me. I know, right? Now, 
I've I think I've heard this. Yeah, it sounds like a brain teaser. Yeah, but I I can't remember it. Me neither. Yeah. I tried looking it up, but I didn't look it up very hard. All right. So we will definitely look up the answer and uh, we'll have it for you next week. But I mean, if you know of it and you can think of it beforehand, go ahead and shoot us an answer because that'd be it'd be kind of funny. We'll compare yeah. answers. Yeah. I'm sure there's probably more than one question. Probably. Um, so what do you think? I mean, it looks like uh, starting to get better or you're still kind of like uh it's getting better it's very heavy yeah. I, like it's getting heavier i yeah. think like we knew it was going to be a serious show it's getting heavier i think i would have rather seen the story in a movie format versus a tv mm. format because it's more condensed you know you just kind of watch the movie and then you can sit with it for a bit but knowing that there are still i think six episodes left <laughs> like oh, okay <laughs> Better better get ready. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful show. Still, and yes. I'm glad we're watching it. But it's just a little heavy. I, I think, um, I don't know if I'd want to watch it in a movie because I feel like it'd be even worse for character development. And, you know, maybe it wouldn't, wouldn't really show like... Like the maturity that develops over the number of bomb runs and, you know, the missions that they fly. But to your to your point, the like the... F- the battle scenes mm-hmm. are they're like so scary watching like mm-hmm. you could watch those planes flying zooming you know, by zooming by and you know they're shooting each other and then you know you watch them when they explode and then the bits and pieces of you know the b-17s that fly off like like yeah. origami that just gets ripped up and torn up and then there was that one wide shot that basically showed the one of the end of the yeah. attacks on their um, group and it was just plane parts and parachutes yeah. and uh, enemy fighter pilots just all around. Yeah, and then I think Bucky's sitting there. He's watching, and it kind of like goes in slow motion. Yeah, and then he watches that one guy without a parachute just literally yeah. slam into his wing. That was oh yeah. I mean you. It was gruesome. It was, and I mean you just you just wonder like is one of the scenes in the next episode going to be where he he wakes up because he's having nightmares about mm. you know and just like i can't go up anymore i mean that's that's got to be like heavy it is yeah it is well what do you think we have six more episodes we left we have six more so i i i still feel like it goes pretty slow it is a slow yeah it's still very slow moving um but i'm still waiting i mean i think so we're starting to get some of the flight crew empathy going but like, really don't understand what's going on with the command, with anything else. So I'd really like to see more of that, mm. you know, getting developed. You know, like, understand the motives behind it. You know, maybe they could cut to the to the central command and show, you know, like, what's going on, some of the decision making. So, you know, people saying, okay, if we do this or this, you know, we're going to end up with a 60% casualty rate. You know, mm. is it worth it or not? You know, kind of get some real scope behind before the mission goes out saying okay we you know these guys understand that they're they're committing these guys to really you know pretty high casualty rate but the goal is the goal the objective these objective you know we got to do this and so it's worth it you want to see more of that i i think you know because if we get six more episodes of just bullets and bombs yeah well i don't think we are because even in the teaser i think what they're actually going to do is dive more into what's happening on the ground in some of Mm. these places of conflict or some of these german held locations um like there's a train scene i know that's coming up from the teaser yeah so i think they're gonna 
talk about a little bit more on the experience of like people in the war, not just these fighter pilots, um, to to bring it a, a more well-rounded idea of what the feeling was at the time. Do you think Meatball's going to rescue somebody? No. Meatball is a goofball. Meatball has a harness on and he loves a ball. Meatball has a harness on because he likes going up for joy rides. <laughs> <laughs> He, he's he's a dog. He is not a working dog. He is a puppy. That's what I think. <laughs> I like that they keep Meatball in there, though. I do. I do. Though he needs to have, like, a bigger role. You you want him to be the star of the show? I do. Should have been Masters of the Meatball. Yeah, it's like um, those movies about those sled dogs in Alaska. <laughs> oh, Meatball. We do love him. All right. So we talked about all sorts of things in... Uh, We're looking forward to next episode. And, you know, if you can solve the riddle, shoot us a message. Again, if you have an idea over something that we should watch in our next, you know, series, send us a message and uh, give us a like and a thumbs up. And we'll talk to you in about a week. Thanks for listening. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.